Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of the Holy Spirit, that as your scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our first scripture reading comes to us from the prophet Isaiah from the 40th chapter, starting with verse 21. I invite you to follow along. The words will probably be on the screen, or you're welcome to use the Pew Bible, the page is marked number 880, or you can use your own uh, Bible if you happen to have it with you. But hear now these words. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to live in, who brings princes to naught and makes the rulers of the earth as nothing. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows upon them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name because he is great in strength, mighty in power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary They shall walk and not faint. Our second scripture reading comes to us from the gospel according to Mark. We'll be reading from the first chapter starting with verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, meaning Jesus and his disciples, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told him, him about her at once. And Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not Permit the demons to speak because they knew who he was. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there Jesus prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found Jesus, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. And he answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also. 
For that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. These are the living words of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God for it. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, on this Sunday, we are gathered together as a community. We are reminded through scripture that God is so much bigger than us. That Jesus was there in the very beginning and Jesus had work to do. And so do we. So open our hearts and and our minds that we may hear with fresh ears today what you would have us hear. May the words of my mouth and the collective meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So uh, how many of you were here for worship last week? Okay, so um, the table looked very different, didn't it? Yeah, so on the table last week, because we were talking about Jesus calling the disciples, um, I had more of a, a seascape, right? And I had nets on the table and uh, to, to kind of give us a visual representation that Jesus called some ordinary folks, some fishers, to become fishers of people, that they gave up their lifelong work of fishermen in order to follow lifelong service to Jesus. And I wanted so bad to hold on to those fishing nets, but I knew today was communion Sunday, right? And I couldn't quite get the things to work together. But I was thinking about the fishing nets as an image. Um, How many of you have gone fishing? Yeah. Um, And sometimes we go fishing and we need to have a net to maybe bring our fish in, right? Because it's hang- dangling off and we might need to use one of those handheld nets. Um, but how many of you have actually had a fishing net that you've kind of cast out and then whatever it caught that you would bring it back in, right? Charlotte and Brenda, yeah. Um, and sometimes those nets, you know, you can't really predict what you're going to catch in them, right? And sometimes you end up with weeds, maybe some crabs, and and maybe just a variety of things, right? Like, okay, well, I'm going to cast the net out wide, and whatever I catch, I catch, and I'll have to pick through and decide which parts to keep and which parts to throw back, right? But how does that, casting out a net, which would have been an image very familiar to these early disciples of Jesus, tie in with this call to fish for people, right? Because that's really what they're doing. They are fishing for people. They're making a proclamation about who Jesus is and why Jesus is there. And there is another idea of casting out that we hear in the scripture. It is the casting out of demons that are possessing some of those folks. And yet the demons recognize who Jesus is But Jesus commands them to be silent, to not proclaim who he is, right? So we have this casting out of a net of, you know, gathering people in. But we also have this idea of casting out the demons, the things that might separate us from right relationship with God, right? So as Jesus cast out these demons and offered the healing to the people, they were then in a better place to connect to the message of salvation that Jesus was offering, right? 
And once news started to spread, not by the demons, because Jesus had commanded them not to speak, but by others, the crowd that gathered here in this place, the home of Simon and Andrew, um, grew. And it grew, right? But there's something very important that happened in that home when Jesus first arrived. And it is because they were telling them how Simon's mother-in-law had fallen ill. So what did Jesus do? Jesus went to her, took her by the hand, helped her up, and her fever left her. And then she responded to this healing with returning to the work that she was so good at. Caring for her household, caring for her children, caring for those who gathered. That it was by the touch of Jesus and Jesus' acknowledgement for her that she was healed. And then she was able to continue to care for those around her, right? Which is really kind of a neat thing that there's this idea that our healing may happen separate from, you know, individuals, that we can do it on our own. But the reality is we hear from the very beginning that that is not how things are going to work. Right? That it is God who had made this plan so long ago that it was going to take a human touch to make it happen. That Jesus comes incarnate in flesh, fully human, fully divine, casting out this message of hope and healing. Now, I, I, I also, you know, in reflection, think about um, how that work can often be draining, right? We go into these places and we are full on giving everything that we have wherever it is. And then what happens? We get tired, right? But this is at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. And he's got a long road ahead of him. And not only does he have a long road, but so do the people that he has called to follow him. So we see that Jesus models something very important for us, and that is to take time apart. We call it Sabbath, communication with God, to make sure that the work that he is doing actually aligns with what God is asking and expecting of him. I see Jesus as an extroverted introvert. He is on when he has to be, and then he's got to go into himself in order to re-energize in order to re-engage. Does anybody resonate with that? Some of you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when you leave it all out there, you're like, oh, my gosh. That is why the Sunday naps is such an important Sabbath practice, right? So we see this, and Jesus goes, and he's with, you know, you know, he's conversing with God, just as Pastor Amy said, that we can talk to God. And, and we may not immediately hear a response to our prayers, but opening up those lines of communication is so important, just as it's so important for us to have lines of communication open amongst us, right? And if those disciples didn't do something that would have bugged the bejeebies out of me, they hunted him down. Did you catch that? They didn't just look for him. No, 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 no. They hunted him down. That they were so persistent in finding Jesus because I imagine that the crowds had grown so large around Simon's 
house, that it was, became an unmanageable crowd. And the only way that their needs could be met was through Jesus because the disciples hadn't figured out that they too could offer prayers of healing, that they too could meet the care needs of that community. And so they were probably at wit's end be like, man, Jesus got, has to come back, right? Like Jesus has to come and help. So they hunt him down to the deserted place. It's not, you know, it, it required a lot of effort. And out of their exacerbation of having been left with all of these folks that wanted to be healed of their ailments, the demons were speaking to them that needed to be cast out. They show up to Jesus and they're like, man, everyone is looking for you. And what does Jesus say? Let's go on to the next town because I need to proclaim the good news in those places. When I've read this passage in the past, I thought, as I heard this, everybody's looking for you. And Jesus says, well, let's go on. I've read it as Jesus didn't really want to go back to that place to engage with the crowd, right? Like, disconnecting from that, right? Because everyone is looking for you. But how about if we imagine that everyone is looking for you includes not only those people, but everyone else. Everyone is looking for something that Jesus can give to them. Healing, the casting out of demons, peace, love, grace, a way of living that is so contrary to what the world and society was telling them. Everyone was looking for something different that had been promised from the very beginning. That God was going to reconcile all of creation together. That God's work was not one that withered or made God become exhausted, but rather was one that gave truth to who God was, to the very nature of who God is, that God is a God of love. And so by Jesus responding, now remember, everyone is looking for you. We could think of that crowd, but in actuality, we think of everyone is looking for you as everyone in the world. How important it was for Jesus to go to those places. And by going to those places, Jesus effectively casts out the love of God into those communities. That Jesus is casting out those things that separate us from right relationship with God and with one another. Was casting out nets of hope, nets of reconciliation, nets that would capture us, seaweed, random boot, crabs, fish and all, because all are intended to be reconciled to God. And Jesus knew that Jesus had a lot of work to do, and so did the disciples. And so Jesus didn't waste a moment that having prayed and spent time with God, went out to begin his itinerant ministry cast out into locations to hit the path so that others could hear these words of hope. How are we called to do the same? Do we keep ourselves small 
and say, well, let's just take care of where we are right now? Or do we cast our nets wide, throwing out ties of love and forgiveness and peace so that that community can grow, that they too may receive the word of hope from Jesus? That's our calling, to cast out love into the world. Thanks be to God for a God whose everlasting love sustains and helps us in that work. And thank goodness for a model like Jesus that shows us what that looks like. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.